0: The last word with Matt Cooper.
1: And we are joined today by broadcaster from Ocean FM, Claire Ronan, her first time joining us on The Week Trending. Welcome, Claire. And, of course, a regular uh, the head of training at the communications clinic, Lorcan Nyan, is with us as well. Now, one of the stories that we covered in detail on last night's programme but has got a lot of attention during the week is the behaviour that was witnessed around Leinster House and government buildings uh, on Wednesday on the return of the Doyle, There's talk of an increased security around Leinster House. Claire Ronan, is that really necessary?
0: Well, I would suspect it is when you hear some of the stories that people endured. I mean, listening to um, one of the senators who had to hide her child in the back of the car or hide the scene from her child. I mean, even watching it on television it was it was actually very frightening. And the video of Michael Healy Ray trying to walk down with the two guards beside him and the threat of a bottle over the back of his head. I think that security needs to be up around the Doyle and I think if I was married to a politician, I would like see to see extra security around my house.
1: Around your house as, as well. As well, yes. But what sort of security?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it depends of obviously whatever security you have, but I think they should really address the security of politicians having seen what happened um, last night. I'm not an expert on security systems, but whatever. No, I'm you just need, wondering
1: is that would you have CCTV that might be installed? For politicians, because as soon as you do that, there will be people going, oh, we have to pay for that. Why should they be getting CCTV or whatever or burglar alarms put in at our expense?
0: Well, I mean, people have a criticism of everything. Yes, so I do. mean, if you go on forever. <laughs> what I was actually thinking is probably the use of panic buttons you know, that are linked to a local guard station, that if they ever... Because what it reminded you of was, you know, people went and protested outside Leo's home. Um, I think Stephen Donnelly had some problems, you know. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they will go to someone's home. And the whole anger and viciousness it was actually hard to establish what it was all about.
1: And unfortunately, Lorcan... In other countries, we have seen politicians attacked and even murdered. And we might say this couldn't happen here, but it actually used to happen on this island during the Troubles.
2: Yeah and look you can see how quickly these things can uh, escalate and what struck me from the videos, from the scenes from what we heard, it was the, the visceral anger that was there was incredible. I don't think we've seen anything like it um, in, in the last number of years here anyway even though we have had a lot of protest and look I think you know every people have a, a criticism for everything and you heard a lot of people criticize and say yes that was awful but you know they're only realising it's an issue now, it's been an issue for a while and look that there's an element of truth to that but this was different. It is different when it's outside the doll. it is different in particular Sorry
1: isn't that the place where people should protest rather than having them clogging up the streets and the port tunnel and the rest of it does it not make sense that where you can actually filter people and filter the traffic that the most logical place for, and rather than going to people's homes is let them protest outside Leinster House and government buildings
2: Let them protest outside the doll. do not let them stop elected representatives walking into the doll. That was the bit that I thought when you see that, when you see that happen, there was a video of uh, Donico, Donico Lera from Sinn Féin, who I thought stood to it very, very well and was very calm and very composed. But stopping him going in and um, to the chamber and going, in, going into the doll that's, I think, where you have to draw the line because the symbolism of this does matter. And I know you think, oh, it's only symbolism, but it does matter. The idea of people being able to protest, fine, but to be able to stop elected representatives walking into the Doll to do their elected duty. You don't want to get all West Wingy and high and mighty about it, but it does matter, and democracy does matter. So, I think you have to, have to be a bit harsher about it. There's a balancing of rights. You have the right to protest, absolutely. You don't have the right to blockade people inside the Doll. You don't have the right to stop people walking into the Doll. Um, and you don't have the, the right to stop libraries opening or the National Library opening either.
0: And interestingly enough, um, you know, there's no young people coming up through the parties. And if I was in my 20s, even no matter how interested I was politically, and I saw what happened on Wednesday night, I don't know would it encourage me to get involved in politics. And that's a problem.
1: Well, Lurgan hasn't been an issue for a while that there is a very small number of young people looking to be elected. That they prefer to work as backroom operatives, that they get their fun West Wing style that way, rather than actually standing for election.
2: Yeah, so, 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 some of them certainly think they're in the West Wing anyway, Matt. But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if they actually are. Uh, but yeah, look, everybody look, what we're there. Like, if you're if you're seeing those scenes, would you want to be front and centre? Would you want to be, you know, up on a, on a mock gallows? And look, the guards are looking into that gallows, and they're looking into criminal prosecution because of it. But no, you wouldn't. I think at any age, would you want to be? And that's why I think you're seeing the term times are going to reduce and reduce and reduce juice of politicians because you know they're only going to be able to take this for so long and so we do need to look at it I mean this wasn't a massive amount of people either and that is important to highlight it wasn't a huge amount of people they were visceral they were angry but it wasn't a huge amount of people so they're dealable with and I think we need to get a little bit stronger on dealing with them but how police it
1: Listener says, Ha ha, panic button linked to the local Garda station. You'd be lucky if you got a response within a week. Most rural Garda stations are part-times at best. Mm. Uh, Another one says, As soon as the politicians are under threat, there's uproar among them. Meanwhile, city centres have become a no-go area and not a Garda in sight. Although in fairness, I think, Claire, there's been plenty of uproar about how unsafe people perceive Dublin to be in recent times. And just because people might think there hasn't been enough made of that doesn't make the issue with the politics. Conditions. an unserious one, does it?
0: No, it doesn't. But I do take that uh, listener's point and I myself would find walking, I used to walk um, home, I, we live near town um, and I won't anymore at night. After about five o'clock, I just won't do it. Um, and um, I have five grown up children and they would be nervous walking around the city centre and a lot of people I know um, are very concerned about that. There were loads of guards there um, yesterday. Um, on Wednesday there were a lot of guards outside the Dáil, um, but there are very few of them on the streets and we have the problem in Sligo where uh, we've a huge shortage. There's parts of rural Ireland where there's no guard. You could ring you know, ring the guard station, it takes them 25 minutes to get out to you.
1: Now let's move it on, but it is related I think Lorcan because We probably spend a lot of time looking at what goes on in Britain and what goes on in the United States because we share a common language. Yet we are fellow members of the European Union with these continental European countries where there seems to be what has been described as an anti-establishment vote developing but in some cases it goes beyond anti-establishment into quite dangerous right-wing extremist views. Tell us about some of the uh, reports from this week.
2: Yeah, so there's a report from, from The Guardian um, and it's coming from a group called The, the Populist which, which look at um, populist parties, far-right parties, far-left parties across Europe and look at the rise within them and what they reveal is one in three Europeans now vote anti-establishment is, is the headline from it and that's gone from about 20% um, in the early 2000s and 12% in the early 1990s. So that increase um, up to up to that figure of the, the 33% that are voting populist, far right or far left. Now when you delve into the figures a little bit the populist element of that is doing some of the heavy lifting rather than just the far left and the far right. So the Irish figures for example, it's the Socialist Party and the Sinn Féin are the ones who they are identifying as part of this trend um, and they would say they're populist rather than obviously far left or far right. So the populist element of it is part of it which I think might distort the feeling from it a bit whereas obviously the, the far right element of it is the one that the rest of the story tends to be more about. Um, but what the facts then have then found which is which I found relatively interesting, is that what they've actually found is not necessarily that the far-right vote is growing, but that the tolerance for the far-right is growing. And what they the example they gave is it's not that more people in France will maybe necessarily vote for Le Pen next time in the first round, but more would in the second round. So that is the idea if it's not their first choice but they don't see it as, as dangerous as it used to be. So look, it is a trend. Maybe it's a perceived trend rather than an actual trend when you see what actually happens in government to your point that the crime where you're on that perceived word is important. You know, is it actually there? Is it actually happening on the ground as strongly as one in three? I'm not sure.
1: Okay. What should we make of this, Claire? do you think? Is this something of interest to us in Ireland, given that it's happening in continental Europe?
0: I think it most certainly is, because when you delve into these studies more, the Issues that are, you know, changing people's minds are the same all over Europe. You know, um, and they've also found that people like a lot of older women and educated middle classes are changing who they vote for. But they have the same issues. They're they're still about vaccines, lockdown, the climate crisis, the cost of living, uh, the Russians' war in Ukraine. These are all the issues that are affecting the whole of Europe. And there does seem to be one shift, and I think we see it here in Ireland, The history of voting for the same party, your father, your grandfather, your great grandfather, that is changing now very much. And it's i actually interesting, was fascinated that it's the same in Germany, the same in Poland. You know, you talk about the elections recently in Spain and Portugal. People are changing and they're, they're actually, as they say, walking with their feet. Yeah,
1: the vote is splintering. But we mm-hmm. had a listener in contact during the, after the Paul Laverty interview before five o'clock saying that this Lorkin is a reaction to what happened with the financial crash in 2008. It may be a delayed reaction, but this, that is the genesis of what is actually happening now. People's dissatisfaction with, with how they felt they were left to deal with the consequences of that.
2: And look, I think it's constant and it be, you know, you can almost bring every issue back to the growing inequality that is there. You know, that is just that consistent growing inequality that obviously is, is stemming from their financial crash in a big way. I think if you look in every single Western country, if you look into the data, look into the trend, there's that growing divide um, the between, look, the, the 1%, my name said, however you want to talk about it, that inequality. And then you would then uh, layer on top of that, you've got the generational inequality um, that is the, the, the other trend to it and that people are looking at what their parents' generation had and uh, what they had have and they're very very different um it's perceived to be harder whether it be you know housing here but across Europe and in the states as well those generational inequalities are there wa- wage and income inequalities there and that that does drive a lot of this and that then comes out as you know issues around immigration it comes out as issues around around you know the wars etc it kind of be shown in that way but actually it, it probably is about crash okay about we're getting quite
1: a lot of angry text messages in supporting some of the protesters and here's one that I'm going to read that exactly as it came in. There are no elected politicians, elected inadvertent comrades, only selected. And we the people know, out with them, they deserve all the vitriol they're given.
2: Can we disagree very strongly (laughs) (laughs) that there are no elected, only selected? I don't necessarily... Some
1: sort of fantasy that we had that the yeah. general election in 2020 European and local I think, elections I think
2: sometimes people think of a good sentence and they think I can, I can add S to that instead of the, the elected and anything that it means it's a clever thought uh, we walk in we walk in with our pencils and we vote so there are of course elected politicians in this country and but indeed, that's what some, we're dealing some, with
1: some of those who were protesting outside the door on Wednesday have set up a new political party they were carrying placards for it so let's see how many votes they get in the European and local elections and well, I think that's going to be interesting
2: and I think that is consistent when you look at Ireland I suppose we can be relatively proud of it that no party, no established party is courting that vote. They're not courting mm. the vote of the issue they're protesting. Nobody has gone down that line and any of the new parties that are set up will not gain traction. They won't and any of the parties that are already there don't have any representatives in the dock.
1: Leo Varadkar was voted in on the 8th count or something. He was not elected Taoiseach. That is not how we elect the Taoiseach is it Lorcan?
2: It it is not uh, political literacy classes perhaps needed consistently across the country. This eighth count thing where people don't understand that running mates exist uh, is very very frustrating um, and has been allowed to kind of be out there for quite a while and actually needs to be tackled and dealt with by all of our politicians. And then obviously we're representative doc- d- democracy, so. He was elected Taoiseach, he was just elected by TDs. He was elected
1: by those who had been elected by the people, which is what the constitution allows. Another one, regarding what happened at the Doyle and what's been said about it, in my opinion, if they were just held accountable for what they do, I think people wouldn't react so badly. It just feels like the TDs can do what they want with no repercussions at all. It doesn't happen in any other job. So why do they get away with it? If I went £1 over budget on a project, I'd be sacked on the spot. But the TDs are not responsible for the overspend on the National Children's Hospital, for example. And they are held accountable every five years and sometimes even sooner at a general election. And that's many of them lose their seats.
2: Yeah, if I had to go every five years and <laughs> beg everybody who lives near me for my job, you know, like it's a pretty hard interview that they have to go through every single five years. It, just because people don't agree with the decisions other people make does not mean people are not held responsible.
1: OK, let's go to the continuing RT controversy, Claire. Although I wonder, are people losing interest in this a little one? The latest developments, Kevin Backers today saying RT is... Giving all the documents it can, but the Public Accounts Committee says it's getting legal advice over what it describes as missing documents. What's it missing?
0: Well, it's missing the details of the exit packages for Geraldine O'Leary and Breda O'Keefe, and the contract for the former Director General D Forbes. And I was just—we were just talking about this before we came on air. You know, I wonder, did they think that the scandal with Ryan Tuberty was so big that maybe they could slip a few things in quietly underneath like this? Um, I agree with you, Matt. I think in some ways people, the interest is waning, but they're still angry. So, you know, they, these these this information, they should provide it. They should just put everything well, I, out. I think
1: Kevin Backhurst has said today there was no... Exit package for Geraldine O'Leary. She just retired seven weeks earlier than she due to be, and there was no exit package for D Forbes going two weeks earlier than she was supposed to go.
0: But But why didn't they bring that then? Why didn't they why did they not have that information?
1: Well, maybe they did and just didn't understand amongst all the documents that were in there. But but Lorcan, at the same time, do we still need further Infamous. should D Forbes in some way be compelled to come and tell our side of the story? What about Breed O'Keefe, who was able to make a very dramatic statement in front of an Oireachtas committee and then when it turned out the facts were a bit different wouldn't come back, but was able to start texting somebody else
2: who was in there. Yeah, and I remember when this, I think I, I was on with you around the time of the, of the of, this is all unfolding and, and this particular issue, like we, we did discuss it and it was one of us saying, this is going to run and run um, because, like, the, people might you know lose interest a little bit the other staff in rt though who weren't allowed to take the voluntary redundancies or who were turned down for it they're not going to lose interest in this um so it does need to be looked at it it seems pretty clear that for the for brito O'Keefe's uh redundancy package that those details should just be given to the pac if they're not being given maybe it's just that they need to pull it together maybe it's just that they haven't got the information yet perhaps but if it's not being given and they're trying to purposely not give it there's something there
1: There's a legitimate question because you can only give redundancy to somebody if the position is not filled afterwards and hers was quickly filled by Richard Collins
2: Yeah and they will say that it was slightly different and it was a reduced role etc but redundancy there's a lot of tax implications for how redundancy is done and if it's not if the position isn't being made redundant or if the position isn't being getting rid of you can't give the redundancy in this way so look they're going to have to look into it they're going to have to answer the questions eventually so I don't know why they're letting it drag on again why there's another new site and another new story about it just get it all out there get it dealt with so they can move on Um, so I don't think the staff in RTE who care about this are going to let it die and move on until it's been dealt with I don't think journalists are going to let it die and not be dealt with either so they're going to have to answer those questions eventually if on the wider level in RTE for whatever reason I do think the fact that the new Late Late Show host is in and has his first show done I do think people think okay that's done let's move on
1: You'll be watching the second one tonight I think I will Okay
0: What has he got to do differently to the first one Claire? Well, he—it seems to have gone down very well. The first one, I mean, even following he went it on, on very
1: well. But criticism, perhaps, that they didn't have an exciting enough lineup of guests for him, and they
0: didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be rude, but they didn't. I mean, you could have a show here, and let's bring all the famous staff from Today FM and interview them. That's what happened.
1: So we'll see with great interest what actually <laughs> happens tonight instead. Uh, look, there's a story from the UK, and I am interested with dogs. And there's lots of people who love dogs, and then there's lots of people who are anxious about particular breeds of dog. There's this thing in Birmingham where they're worried about what are called XL bully dogs. And there was going to be a mass protest walk to show how gentle the breed is.
0: What's all this about, Claire? Well, basically, you, there have been a number of serious accidents with these XL bully dogs, um, and they aren't the most attractive-looking dogs. They do look a bit scary. The sort of a mixture between a boxer dog and the French bulldog, um, a large one. But they have not. They are continuing with the protest walk, but the dogs are not allowed to attend because they are too dangerous Um, over the last It didn't seem like a great idea getting too many of these particular types of dogs together did it? No I mean in the last few weeks a man was attacked by two XL bullies in in England and he died a week later and an 11 year old girl was injured in an attack from one of them in Birmingham and two other men were injured while they were trying to help her So these dogs are vicious dogs. So it seems to be, so they're having a walk to show how safe they are, but they're not allowed to bring the dogs because they're too dangerous. So... Sort of proves the point. The yeah, sense,
2: they're, they're, a rel- they're a relatively new breed, OK? And uh, I think a 50% of deaths from dogs in the last couple of years in the UK have been because of this breed. So I think 14 people, according to one of the people who watched this, say 14 people have been killed in the last number of years from attacks from this breed of dog. Just from this one from particular From this one particular dog. dog because of, of the, the temperament. They're, they're a pit bull terror that's been bred to be kind of heavier and bigger and it just means their bite is very, very dangerous. And it's a lot of dog hunters have got killed. A lot of owners have got killed. What, what the people who are organising this protest say is... Is that it's not the dogs it's the owners is there, if they're not trained properly these dogs are aggressive so they wanted this march to say they're actually fine bring the dogs bring your kids and to be fair it was other owners of these dogs who said whoa 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 do not do that a lot of these dogs are not well trained we cannot get too many of them together with kids it is not a good idea so I, I, there's owners who have trained them properly who love their dogs who are saying don't ban this breed of dog but if there is a dog who's not been trained properly. You can't trust people to train the dog properly. The UK have decided to ban that breed. That's what this is about. I think they're right to, um, because Do you we can't... we
1: breed th- in Ireland?
2: It doesn't seem to have come over here in, in huge numbers as of, as of yet, but because it's not a recognised breed, there's no numbers for it. Um, so it's it's, it's not recognised yet it hasn't been a breed long enough to be recognised which means they're not necessarily registered which means you don't know exactly how many are in any country there is there is a bit more regulation needed on breeds of dogs because someone can be aggressive but also there are some breeds of dogs who've been bred to the point that I don't think it's fair to continue to breed them because they've been bred for characteristics that mean that they can no longer really function properly um, there's a breed of dog. I, I think it's the, the French French Bulldog mm-hmm. most puppies are born by cesarean section now because the, 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 the mothers can't give birth properly because of, of the, the way they bred the dog. So you don't see sections on dogs because of the way they've been bred. So it's a wider conversation that needs to happen. On this one in particular, if you can't bring the dogs together because the owners of these dogs recognise that some of them aren't safe, maybe let's just move on from this breed. Ban it. 14 people is a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And we have had our issues with dogs in this country as well. Mm. There are a certain number of banned breeds, but you always get a lot of people saying, oh, my dog is lovely, it wouldn't hurt anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I live very near a beautiful beach and um, I have seen, you know, when you go very early in the morning, people are inclined to bring their more dangerous looking dogs and they're not always muzzled, muzzled you, you know. Have. Um, and I actually had a very, I have a, a small little beach on freeze. She's about 100 years old at this stage. But a, a pit bull came from one side of the beach and went for her. And the man screamed at me to pick her up because I actually thought he was going to eat her. You know, so there does need, you're absolutely Although would you right. not be
1: putting yourself in danger if you pick up your dog to protect it from a dog that's trying to attack? That dog could as easily attack you then.
0: And probably would have, but I didn't think. I just picked her up and ran. But and he actually caught up with them there was no there was no serious incident. But I never forgot it. You know, I've often thought about it. There does need to be more legislation about the whole I mean, they've they brought in legislation re- recently about cropping dogs' ears mm. and when I was reading it I was thinking there's so much more that they should do there, you know.
1: Okay, thank you very much Claire Ronald broadcaster with Ocean FM and Lorcan Nine, head of training at the Communications Clinic. Some more of your comments. One here says, Matt you never read my comments. Well it's the first time for everything. But anyway, if the RT people are not seen to be held accountable by the government, it will only feed the idiots outside the Doyle, as well as feed general discontent with the government and RT never mind the licence fee. And then we have Elaine in Dundrum saying, we the public have not forgotten the RT debacle. It has most definitely not blown over. We want to know all the details of those executive exit packages and I for one won't be paying my TV licence until all of that info has come out and Kevin Backhurst has shared a viable plan for the future of RTE. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays
2: from 430
0: Today.